0: Hello and welcome to Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego area songwriters and their music, from solo artists to duos to songwriting band members and more established songwriters, as well as up-and-coming ones. I'm your host, Gary Lee. My guest today is Chad Saylor. Welcome, Chad. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, Thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it. Uh, You're originally from Pennsylvania, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, what was it like growing up there?
1: Ah, uh, it was a really small town. Uh, we had one stoplight. The like only business was a diner and a dairy queen that was open half the year. So lots of time to practice, you know. <laughs> Not a lot to do there. So And didn't your parents own a, a music store? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what kind they, of music store was it? Did they
0: sell equipment or what was it? Yeah.
1: They sold um yeah, beginner level instruments, um and band instrument rentals and we had several teachers and lesson rooms. So I grew up there. Um pretty much behind the counter selling strings and learning everything about the business and uh, taught guitar for several years until I went to college and yeah, I got to learn a lot about it. You know, got to talk to a lot of the guys that were playing bars that I couldn't get into.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. So your, your introdu- uh, introduction to music then, I'm assuming, was pretty early on in your
1: life. Yeah, I would say probably pre-birth. Was, was, pre-birth. It was determined that I was going to be a musician <laughs> by my, my family, um, in a way. Uh, funny enough, um, my, my, my name actually is a music reference. It's the character that Elvis plays in Blue Hawaii. My dad named me Chad after that character. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> music's always been around. <laughs> Were your are your parents musically inclined? Yeah, both of them. My mom uh, sings and plays piano. My dad plays several instruments and and sings as well. So, it's always been. There's always music in that house for sure. There probably is currently at this moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if my timeline's correct, after high school, you attended the Institute of Production and Recording. In Minneapolis, uh, you were studying, what, engineering?
1: Yeah, audio engineering, music production, and um, I took classes in composition and uh, writing commercial radio jingles and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was a lot colder up there, though. How long did you work there? I was there for two years there, studying there. So the jingles, you were writing them, or were you just- They just... Yeah, it was like a class. Oh, you know, okay. we would we'd, They'd just give you a brand and say, go write a 30-second or a 15-second Little thing and, and come back in and we'll tell you if you th- we think it's any good. It's pretty cool, you know, to have people that were writing the stuff for the radio there in, in Minneapolis judging everything you were doing. So it was pretty harsh, but, you know, you learned very fast.
0: Did any of the things you did there, uh, stuff you wrote, uh, engineered, did it get to the airwave somewhere? Or
1: No, it was all just lesson-based in the beginning. Just all in-house. Um, yeah, just all in-house stuff. Um, I worked with a couple local bands there. Um, I would just go to the Battle of the Bands and stand there and listen to hear if I heard a song that sounded like a hit to me. And then I'd go talk to those guys and say, hey, I have a studio time at my school. I'll bring you guys in, record you on a pro-level setup if you do what I think you should do. (laughs) You know, I I used to play a game in in college where I would have people play me music that I've never heard before, an entire album, 10 seconds of each song, and I would try to pick out which song would be the hit if I'd never heard the album before. And about 95% of the time I was right. Wow. So, I thought by everything I learned lis- growing up listening to the, the greats that, that I knew what took to be magical. And I just never, never took, got any further with it. It was strange. And I'm guessing with, with that kind of a background, music career was
0: pretty much on your mind from, mm-hmm. from early on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, when I was a young kid, it was, you know, standing in front of the mirror trying to, to be Phil Collins and Def Leppard, trying to be a rock star. And then crafting my own songs and and trying and sending them on cassette tapes. I'd make them on my little four track and, and make little cassette tapes and I'd mail them out to everyone that doesn't take unsolicited material and it would get sent back. <laughs> um, you know, my goal when I was in high school was to try to to write for for the Backstreet Boys and for Britney Spears and like that's where, I already knew at fourteen fifteen that that's where I wanted to be, and and even to this day, I'll play a song and go, oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, maybe John Mayer might want to cut this, or, oh, this might be cool. I'll try to think of it in mind of the Backstreet Boys, or, or Sean Mendez. Like, I just, I love playing my own music, but I, I, I always thought I could could provide it to someone else, too, for them to put their magic on.
0: So when you mentioned the uh, Backstreet Boys, that's what you were listening to back then? Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. I listened to Top 40 Radio on purpose all the time to learn what was going on, who was popular, what hooks worked. And then I bought all the CDs, because you had to buy the CDs, and finding out that it's the same four guys doing everything, you know? NSYNC and all those guys at Justin Timberlake stuff, it's all the same four or five people <laughs> writing all of it. And I'm like, oh, how do I become one of those guys? And so I just would, I bought all the sheet music, would take apart the songs and try to figure out how they did it. You know, what, what is the magic that makes it a pop hit? And then just went from there. That's kind of what I did. <laughs> And I've been doing that for 20 years, on and off, trying to figure it out.
0: So who else did you listen to while you were growing up?
1: I was a big Beatles fan, um, the, but the Beach Boys were the ones that shocked me. I, I love harmony, which is why I also love Queen. And, and any group that can sing together well, Huey Lewis and the News, fantastic singers. Most people don't know that. But anything with harmony just sucked me in. I loved the way it, mm-hmm. the Beach Boys would make a harmony sound together, a cappella, and it just sends shivers down your spine because it just sounded heavenly. And I wanted to know how they did that. So then I started studying the four freshmen and Brian Wilson and the Carpenters and everyone who sang four, five, six-part harmony and learned how to do that. And so it's just, I, I love all music. And I think that a lot of people don't say that enough. It's just, I don't think there's all these genres anymore. I think there's two genres. There's songs that are honest, and then there are songs that are just for fun. And that's it. You call it country, you call it pop, whatever you want, but that's how I feel about it. It's like you just, you want to be honest or you just want to write a fun tune.
0: How do you think those artists that you listened to back then, how do you think they helped to shape your sound today?
1: I think I learned from, from people like James Taylor and Jim Croce and Christopher Cross how to be vulnerable in the way that I play, and the way that I sing, and what I write about, and what chord choices make me feel a certain way. And I learned a lot of that from listening to the Beach Boys and the Beatles, too. You know, there's certain things that just, I guess, come out of the woodwork when you're listening in headphones in a dark room, you know, and you just listen to that record over and over again. And that's what you learn. You just learn honesty, I think. That's what what it it was. What was your take on being a big Beach Boys fan, uh, uh, Pet Sounds? I mean, everyone says the same thing. It changed my life. Um, But I, I, I think it did. I think it really did. I... I found every insecurity I was going through at 16 in every word Brian was singing. It, it blew my mind. I've laughed on that record, cried on that record. It, it's, yeah, it's there for every, every romance I ever had and every heartbreak, it fixed both. It's fantastic. I don't know how he did it. So it brought out all those emotions. <laughs> uh-huh. Everything, all of it. And, it. and it changed everything for me. Yeah, it was shocking. Cl- I quit playing album. guitar, actually, and learned to play piano so that I could play chords I couldn't play on guitar to figure out how Brian was doing it. So you play piano too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play piano as well. <laughs> and I uh, recently switched back to guitar about a year or two ago and focused mainly on guitar. But but yeah, I played piano for a long time. All right, you're going to play three original yeah. uh,
0: songs today. Uh, what's the first one? Tell us about
1: it. Uh, the first one, um play is called June 20th. It uh, came out during uh, the pandemic. I, I released it. Um, I always wanted to write a song. The song was originally inspired by an episode of The Wonder Years. Uh, where, where he, he's on a summer trip with his family and he meets a girl and they fall in love and they're only, he's only there for, you know, a week and then it's gone and then he goes home. And it, I wanted to write a song that made me feel like that episode made me feel like that, that quick summer love. So that's what the song is about.
2: Every once in a while Somebody takes your breath away I saw you taking pictures With the sunshine on your face You smiled at me and I smiled at you There wasn't much to say Cause every once in a while Somebody takes your breath away Remember holding hands Scratched our names in the sand With the toes and we promised forever Underneath the sun We laughed, we cried We danced in the lights of a stranger's car In the middle of the street Singing only the good die young Only the good die young I said I'm sorry you said that you're not a love stronger than a fire That an ocean couldn't stop When you smiled at me and I smiled at you We could have tied the knot I said that I was sorry And you said that you're not Remember holding hands got our names in the sand with the toes And we promised forever Underneath the sun We laughed, we cried, we danced in the lights of a stranger's car in the middle of the street, singing Only the Good Die Young, Only the Good Die Young. And the waves can never wash you off my mind Remember holding hands, got your names in the sand With the toes and we promised forever Underneath the sun We laughed, we cried, we danced in the lights of a stranger's car In the middle of the street Singing only the good die young Only the good die young Every once in a while, somebody takes your breath away.
0: You said
1: that's a new song, right? Yeah, yeah. Not available anywhere, but
2: oh no, streaming it's a, platforms. Yeah, it's your all
1: song. on streaming platforms okay. currently. Um, wherever you stream music.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you released an album, uh, your first album, mm-hmm. in 2011, called Another Expectation. Uh, how did it feel to uh, get that out for people to finally hear?
1: It was I finally hear your music. Terrifying because uh <laughs> what is it? Uh, I heard an interview once uh where where John Mayer said, You get your entire life to make your first album and then you get six months to make your second. And I really started to think about that and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> but in the end it it was awesome to to meet people that would come up to me and say, Oh, I love that song you wrote. Like Rock and Roll Apology always seems to be the one people come up to me and say, "That's that's such a catchy song." Never met some of these people; they just come up to you, you know, and tell you this. And so it was very fulfilling to complete something because, as musicians, we tend to like get halfway with songs and then mm-hmm. go,
2: eh, "I'm
1: not going to finish this." So it was, it felt like a nice weight being lifted at the same time, but still being terrified of, you know, what is the world going to think? And so yeah, that's what it felt like.
0: <laughs> Did that album come out when you're? working and living in Minneapolis?
1: No, um, right after I graduated Minneapolis, I moved back to the Pittsburgh area in Pennsylvania um, to try to figure out what I was gonna, how I was gonna do it. Um, and at that time, I mean, Instagram hadn't existed or anything like that, so I was trying to figure out how to build a following with pop music. Um, and, and so I just worked on it there, and, and through my connections and back and forth in Minneapolis, uh, it was able to get released and, and everything.
0: And were you performing live? Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of that?
1: that yeah, band? I was doing a lot of uh I worked the uh the wonderful coffee house and uh bar and winery circuit. You know, that was <laughs> it, it seems to be uh where people like to listen to pop music mm-hmm. for some reason. Um I couldn't get into bars playing catchy little tunes <laughs> so it was yeah, I was just kind of touring these coffee houses. It was fun. Let's talk about your songwriting process. What's that like for you? For me, it uh it always comes from an external place. It's never—I never have the instrument in my hand when I come up with an idea. It's always I'm doing dishes. I do my best songwriting when I'm doing dishes. It's the <laughs> shock, most shocking thing ever. <laughs> just last night, I was literally finishing a verse while cleaning up after dinner. Like so, it's—it starts with just like this this idea of a, a story for me. I like to—I love old sitcoms. Like I even love the Wonder Years, like that Happy Days. So I, I like to write about things that feel natural, you know, and, and not, like, somewhere out of, in space, you know. As much as I love ELO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: are you a disciplined writer? I mean, you talk about writing or things come into your, your mind while mm-hmm. you're doing dishes. Yeah, yeah. But, but are you disciplined also where you set a time?
1: I plan in that? advance, for sure, yeah, to, to take time to write. Um, usually, like, I'll, I'll get that idea. I'll, I'll, I'll pop it on a voice memo on my phone Or or write it down on a piece of paper or in a a little note on my phone. And then I know later that night, maybe... I I do my best writing, I think, in in the wee hours of the morning. You know, one, two, three in the morning. I sit out in the dark with just a guitar or a piano and just hash it out. Usually, once I have an initial idea for a story, I can find that emotion pretty quickly Mm -hmm. in a chord progression. And usually, most of the music for my songs is written in one sitting. Like, almost completely finished, beginning to end. Intro so, verse, pre-chorus, chorus bridge.
0: So putting it on the back burner doesn't happen much for you
1: at all? No. No. No, not at all. It's it's very, I need to get this out. <laughs> but it's like, I need to wait until, you know, I dry my hands and take the dogs out, and then it's like, okay, and let's get to work, you know? <laughs> Do you have uh,
0: any goals as to how many songs you like to write per week, per month?
1: No, I, I think it's uh it, it's more... The goal is to not in a quantity of just songs in general, I try to, I want to write a song that makes me feel like this at least once a month. I want to write a song that's kind of up-tempo, you know, every other month. I'm a big fan of sappy love ballads and romance, and, uh, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve, but I've been really trying to discipline myself to, to write upbeat songs. It seems that's the hardest part for me is writing songs that are fun. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I I try to, to crank out, you know, at least two to three songs a month, you know, complete. But sometimes it doesn't get all the way there. <laughs> You've got that goal in, mind, in I, mind. I do have the goal, for sure. <laughs> um, do you always write by yourself? Have you collaborated with others? Uh, I primarily write by myself. Um, I have collaborated in the past. Uh, I do have a sounding board uh, of friends and, and close family members and other musicians that I have contact with while I'm completing the final demo. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I said, I'll get everything finished and send it in a text to a couple friends of mine that I trust and see, oh, does this sound too much like what I did before? Is this you know more this way or what do you think about this? And we'll talk it out. Um, most of the people that I reach out to are also songwriters as well. So I think it's uh, everything is a collaborative process because I, I still talk to people about it. Right. They don't give me lyrics, they don't give me chords, but, but they, they give me back. real feedback and it's usually honest and harsh. And that's exactly what I need because... The world's unforgiving. You know, you want to be your best. You gotta have people that tell you the real deal. (laughs) Who are some of your favorite songwriters? If I had to put a list together, I mean, probably yeah, Brian Wilson, um, Richard Carpenter, fantastic. Um, And then you know, Paul McCartney and John Lennon. I mean, those are going to be the guys right up there with you know Christopher Cross and Jim Croce as well. I would say those are those are my 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 top. Favorites, yeah. (laughs) Are you listening to Music Makers San Diego?
0: I'm talking with Chad Saylor today. What's the next song you're going to play for us?
1: I'm going to play a song that I just released uh, yesterday. Um, It's called Last Standing Phone Booth. And it was originally an idea, um, it was a challenge for me to write this song. um, Because the person gave me the title before I wrote it. And wanted, challenged me to find a way to say something about The Last Standing Phone Booth. Wouldn't that be interesting? It's cinematic. The Last yeah. Standing Phone Booth. Write that. And I was okay. Um, it's the longest a song has ever taken me to complete. How long does it typically take you? Um, usually about a week tops with the lyrics and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, this song took five years.
0: Five years?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wrote it in... This is the only song I've ever written in pieces. So I wrote the intro for another song... I wrote the bridge for another song, like and it all ended up being meshed together. Being meshed together. It became my band on the run, let's say. You know, <laughs> you just <laughs> little bits and make it work. <laughs> all right. So here it is.
2: <laughs> just the- i have done this right Took a drive to nowhere At all where the road Meets the sky Out in the dark An unremarkable sign To give us one more try Here I am In the last Standing phone booth check the line and it still works just fine If I could get up the nerve tonight I hope I remember the number right It's been such a long time I just need to hear your voice I hope that you're home I'm alone in the last Standing phone booth. Some things will never be the same. When your heart is broken, does it matter who's to blame? Say to myself, you must be out of your mind should turn and head back home Something inside thinks I could turn the tide So it don't have to be alone Here I am In the last standing phone booth I checked the line And it still works just fine if i could get up the nerve tonight i hope i remember the number right it's been such a long time i just need to hear your voice i hope that you're home i'm alone in the last standing phone booth i hope that you're home i'm alone in the last Standing phone booth I hope that you're home
1: There you go.
0: Nice. Thank you. Uh, You ended up taking a break from uh, songwriting and performing after the first album of yours came out. Mm-hmm. How come?
1: I fell into a really deep depression and songwriter's block. Um, I felt that that first record uh, didn't feel honest. It felt like I was trying really hard to be something I wasn't. And I spent a lot of time like, looking in deep to figure out what kind of writer I wanted to be, how I wanted to portray myself, what type of songs I really wanted to sing. And I realized that most of the songs on that first record, I didn't enjoy even playing. It wasn't fun. I, I wrote them as like a, I can write a pop song that sounds like this. I can write one that sounds like this. And it just... So was it something more to prove to yourself? Yeah, it was, it was that I, I didn't want that to be the album that I could be successful off of. Because I didn't think it was my best work. And as, even though it's still out there, I, I feel that... I've got so much more music inside me than what I thought I had at that time. Mm-hmm. So, I I actually turned my my sights on other things and, and preoccupied my time with other things. I I think I didn't play guitar for almost six years, like at all. Like really? I didn't not play even, piano. Not even messing around. At I home. didn't play piano. I didn't play my ukulele. I, everything went in a case in a closet and got dusty. Hmm. I didn't even listen to my records. Like, music was not a thing for half a decade in my life because I just felt like I had let myself down and I needed to recalibrate. And it came back naturally, you know? And you moved to Vegas. I moved to Las Vegas in in 2016 um, to to start new. My wife and I had just gotten married. Um, We were married, I think, a total of, what, 36 days before we Mm. moved to Vegas, we just decided on a spur-of-moment decision, let's not live here. Let's go somewhere fun. Let's go to Vegas. Yeah. So we picked Vegas, and we moved to the desert. <laughs> and what did you do there? Um, in the time that I wasn't writing, I had developed an affinity for, uh, for magic. Um, I love performing regardless of music. So I spent those five years learning sleight of hand. And when I moved to Las Vegas, I was doing magic for, for the first almost year we were there. And that's, that's what I was doing. <laughs> when did you decide to start writing again and start performing again? I um, got a job offer to work for a, a live sound company. And I just took it because I knew how to do the job. But the people there were all musicians like, like I had been. And I started going to their shows. And I started seeing their music videos and hanging out around them. And, and it wasn't a jealousy thing. It was more like, man, I can do that too. Why am I not doing this? It's so fun. It just filled me back up, and I haven't been able to stop playing and writing since. So thank you to all of those people for, for inspiring me to just pick it up again, because they made it fun.
0: And then when you picked it up again, you released your first new song in nearly
1: 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it, it felt so good. I, I don't know if I can describe to you how good it felt to, to tell people, like, I have a song coming out. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, you know, when you're back in the game again, <laughs> yeah. how did that feel? It was super emotional because I had such a great, great amount of feedback from from people that had forgotten about me, I thought. You know, wow, it's so good to hear your voice again. It's so good that you're writing again. And this is, you know, a good story. And it, it, it made me feel like it was worth doing again. And I was doing it for the right reasons. You know, in 2011, I wanted to be the next big thing. I wanted to be famous and tour and all that and be on MTV. And, and now it's like, no, I just want to write songs that maybe someone wants at their wedding someday, you know, or somebody wants to cover someday. Like, that's all I care about. I just want to make people happy with my music. And that's, that's what it's done for me. And it's been great.
0: Well, let's make our listeners happy with another <laughs> original song.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do, uh, do a throwback. Uh, I will play a song off of that record. The only one that people really like to hear (laughs) is called uh, Rock and Roll Apology. Uh, I'm going to dedicate this to my brother. It's his favorite song I've ever written. So uh, this one's for him.
2: The other day I heard you say it wasn't working. On the phone with your friends, I struck out looking. Tell me why Is there another guy Oh, how I'd like to know This is my rock and roll apology clear. It says I'm leaving You left your ring Took all your things I guess they lost their meaning Tell me how My love you won't allow Why did you have to go? This is my rock and roll
0: How can people find out where you're playing how can they find out more about you and get your music
1: they can find me uh on instagram at sale on sailor and on facebook uh as chad sailor music you can find my page on there
0: sailor spelled S-A-Y.
1: s-a-y-l-o-r yes
0: <laughs> and uh as far as finding uh finding out where you're playing they can get all of that
1: mm-hmm. there yep. too That's where I'm going to be playing, what songs I'm going to be releasing, um, new videos I'm releasing. I'm going to be trying to, new goals, speaking of goals you mentioned earlier, I'm going to be trying to release at least two new videos per week. So that's my goal for January.
0: So So just not new songs, but videos.
1: Yeah, of those new songs, too. So you'll be able to hear stuff before it's released, too. All
0: right, great. Chad, thanks for being on the show today. Great meeting you. Good luck with your career. Hope to catch you performing somewhere out and about in San Diego soon. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you. That does it for another episode of Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego area songwriters and their music, from solo artists to duos to songwriting band members and more established songwriters as well as up and coming ones. Until next time, I'm Gary Lee. Have a good one.